just so many business podcasts out there. How can I possibly know where to begin? Here at Intrepid Business, we are about stripping away all of the usual boring fluff and instead focus on showcasing real people doing real business, achieving amazing things. The ones truly changing the world, the instigators making a dent, the people changing how we do sales and marketing, leading innovation, the people redefining leadership. But who are these people? Why do they do what they do? How do they do what they do? Find out on Intrepid Business. And now, here are your hosts. Good morning and welcome back to Intrepid Business. I am your host, Todd Schneck. Very much looking forward to this conversation. I became aware of this lady, oh gosh, probably about a month, month and a half ago. And I've been looking forward to this conversation ever since. She got a new book out, does some pretty interesting and amazing work. I'm very much looking forward to it. Let's say hello to Ruth Sherman. She's the founder and CEO of Ruth Sherman Associates and an author of a new book called Speakrets, The 30 Best, Most Effective, Most Overlooked Marketing and Personal Branding Essentials. Ruth, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Todd. Great to be with you. No, it's great to have you. Thanks for carving out some very valuable time to join me. I know you're very busy. Uh, Ruth, looking forward to getting into a conversation around this new book. But before we go there, quickly inform the audience a bit about you and your background. Well, I started off, Todd, uh, a while back as a jingle singer in New York City. So I was one of a handful of people who would sing commercials like Coca-Cola, Michelob, uh, Clairol, you name it. I I was doing it, McDonald's and so forth. And uh, so I did voiceovers as well. And that was terrific. But that business started to dry up. And I thought, well, what am I going to do next? And I thought, I'll become a lawyer. I'll become a social worker. There were a number of different things. And then I thought, well, wait a minute. I can teach people how to perform better, business people, because what I saw was that all these lawyers, all these social workers were great at what they did. They were great at subject matter experts, but they couldn't command a room. And I felt that they were leaving clients at the door and money on the table because of that. So that became my mantra to teach people like in business to how to perform, how to become much better at commanding a room, a stage, a video camera. And that was 20 years ago. And, you know, the rest is history. My clients are now everywhere from CEO, C-level executives of public companies to celebrities, Oscar winners and Pulitzer Prize winners and so forth. So it's been a great ride and happy to be talking to your folks as well. Yeah, well, like I said, it's great to have you and a very impressive background. I look forward to sharing your insights with the audience. So the new book, Speakrets. Gosh, Ruth, a lot of books out there about presentations and delivery. I mean, why did you have to write this one? <laughs> well, you know, that's the same question I always ask myself every time uh-huh. I'm about to sit down and write a book. It's like, hasn't this already been said? And hasn't someone done it better than I have? And the truth is that nobody does anything the way any individual can. So it's my message, it's my experience, and that's in itself unique. So why did I write the book? You know, I'd been a columnist for Fast Company for a number of years, and there were a lot of essays that I wrote where I got a lot of really interesting feedback on. And I thought, these essays are items that would make sense to put into book form. So that's what I ended up doing. And it's everything from how to command a room. It's not just a presentation skills book, Todd. It's a book about communication, about how communication is an accelerator in business. Anybody who 
comes to me knows that at this point in their career, wherever it is, it's like time to go for it. Make sure that they're communicating well in order to lead their teams, in order to have the workforce follow them, in order to become more marketable. Markets are influenced by people who are persuasive. And that's what this book is all about. So that's why I wrote it. I put it together for that reason. Outstanding. I always say that 99% of the world's problems are as a result of poor communications. You've said several times now, one of the goals here is to help someone command a room. And I think there are a lot of people who are in the position of influencing people, whether they're on a stage or in front of some sort of audience, whether that's digital, whether it's live, whether whatever format it is. And maybe they even feel very comfortable in those environs, but they don't command the room and they don't realize that they're missing opportunities. And as you said, leaving business on and cash on the table, this is a big problem. I think I see a lot of presentations that are subpar and the message may be good and the delivery may even be confident, but there's a lot of opportunity here to help a lot of people with this message. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you make a very good point that they think they're good, but they're not, or they think they're doing a serviceable job, but they're not. They're not because it's not just about the message. It's about how you say what you say. There's all the elements of nonverbal communication, Todd, which you know are the way we look and sound and move and when and travel if we're on a stage. So the way we look, sound and move is what makes us believable. And if you're not believable, let's put it this way. If the way you look, sound and move contradict what you say, people will believe the way you look, sound and move instead of what you say. Wow. Yeah. That's the way it works. And more and more people are starting to get that message. But the other problem is, and this is, I just got off the phone with a prospect actually. And this is the kind of complaint that I regularly hear. It's like, I don't have the time to really do a lot of work on this. And it's like, hey, this can't be done in five minutes. It's not a five minute job. It's like anybody who wants to get good and this person's goals were pretty lofty. You got to put in the work just like for any other skill. So that's what I find. People are busy. They don't see this as an accelerator. They don't see it as the moneymaker that it is. But hey, it's a shortcut to sales. So take it or leave it. Yeah, it's funny. I just recently interviewed a gentleman on this show and the gist of the conversation was around the dreaded PowerPoint and how (laughs) poorly most people use that tool. And what you just said made me realize that, yeah, you might even ultimately learn how to effectively use a message delivery vehicle such as PowerPoint. But as you said, if you don't look or don't sound or don't move right, the whole message is lost. I mean, how do you know? I mean, what are the common problems? What are the mistakes people are making with regards to look, sound, and move? One of the things that they do is they speak in the corporate monotone, Mm. Todd, which is something that you and I are not doing, right? I'm doing it right now because I'm trying to demonstrate it. But it's this, you know, it's this kind of hushed, non-emotional sound that I call it a speech virus, actually. It's Mm -hmm. contagious. It's contagious. And uh, it's very common. Again, corporate monotone. They stand behind a podium because they haven't done the work of learning their presentation and the slides by themselves are not enough to cue them. So they're standing behind a podium. They're looking down at their speaker notes. And I don't have a problem with notes, by the way. Hold them in your hand, though. Move away from the uh, lectern, the podium, and, and hold them in your hand. So they do that. They're uncomfortable gesturing, moving around. And this goes along with the corporate monotone, the idea that somebody would be very quiet physically when, in fact, it's a performance and they don't think about it that way. But if you do start characterizing what you're doing as a type of performance, then you're much more likely to understand why rehearsal is important 
and why you might be a little nervous too. So their mouth gets dry. They don't have a glass of water or a bottle of water up there to help lubricate their vocal cords. These are all things that can go wrong. And mostly the thing that goes wrong, Todd, is that they don't practice. They don't rehearse it out loud beforehand. You know, most people will say, well, you know, I went over it in my head. I sat at my desk. And my response to that is, look, in your head doesn't count. We're all very eloquent in our own heads. We imagine ourselves to be fabulous when we get take that platform. But in fact, you know, we usually will fail because we haven't said it out loud. We don't know how those words are going to roll off our tongue. The other big mistake people make, and I'll leave it at this last one, Todd, is that they write out their remarks and it sounds written. Written language and spoken language are very different. Oh, yeah. They're very different. So that obviously, that will make it sound stilted and boring and lead to failure or that subpar performance that you were talking about earlier. So how do they know? Well, People aren't clamoring to invite them to speak at, at, at another event. People aren't standing in line waiting to meet you after your talk. People aren't buying anything from you. You know, they don't think of you as a thought leader. Those are the signals. Those are some pretty powerful signals. Yeah, yeah. they are. So what we've been talking about is largely in the context of being great on stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about being on camera. Yeah. I, I'm sure there's some similarities, but there's some nuances too. So walk us through that a bit. It's funny, I was reading in the paper just this morning, The Guardian, I believe, they said uh, that YouTube is up to 240 billion views per month, Mm. per month. So what's that, 8 billion per day? That's, you know, if you divide it by 30, amazing opportunities and people are actually making good money. Being on camera is a different type of situation, of course, than being on stage, but it takes, it extracts from many of the techniques that stage performance and stage presentation includes. So it's a quieter type of presentation. You don't have to project your voice because there's a microphone, so you're amplified. You cannot move as much because the camera will become pixelated, at least the types of DIY videos that I'm thinking about, YouTube videos, you know, non-production studio types of videos or non-media types of videos, big media types of videos, that is. But, you know, you've got to make sure that you're well-groomed. You've got to look consistent with your brand. You have to keep your videos short. Oh, and you have to look into the lens wherever that is. And, you know, people who are shooting videos with their iPhone, for example, or their smartphones don't know where that lens is. And when you're using that front-facing camera, one of the things that happens is we're very tempted to look at our faces. But guess what? That's not where the lens Mm -hmm. is. So it's really interesting. The little technique things that you've got to be aware of. But being on camera, more and more businesses are doing this. If you are not using video to promote your business, especially if it's a small business, you really are going to be left behind, in my opinion. And still, however, people are not using video. Again, it's work, it's technology, it's, you know, how do I do it? And there are people out there like me who will teach you how to do it, but people tend to think, no, it's just not important right now. But Hey, I disagree, respectfully. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. the look, sound, and, and how you move uh, all, yeah. all matter. All right, Ruth Sherman will return after this short break. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by the new international best-selling book, Leadership Rigor. This groundbreaking book will turn everything you think you know about leadership upside down. Leadership Rigor explores how to achieve breakthrough performance and productivity through leading yourself, leading teams, and leading at the organizational level. Author Erica Piedler outlines for her readers how to become change-ready leaders. Change-ready leaders are capable of embracing challenges with agility and optimism because they have the tools, models, and language to assess, structure, and facilitate solutions. 
Leadership is a skill that can be learned and practiced. Take the rigor challenge and ask yourself, do you want to lead mindfully and skillfully? Or do you want to subject your teams and organizations to your unstructured thoughts and approaches? The choice is yours. Will you rigor it? You can purchase Leadership Rigor on Amazon or by visiting ericpetler.com. All right, I'm back with Ruth Sherman, founder and CEO of Ruth Sherman Associates and the author of a new book called Speakrets. Ruth, uh, we were talking about being great on stage and being great on camera. Let's talk now about media interviews. I know you do a lot of work with celebrities and politicians, and I have a long and storied career in politics myself. And as you would probably agree, most people are really, really bad at media interviews. Why is that? Because they don't take the time to prepare. It's the same thing. One of the things that I advise all of my clients is, and this is frankly the first thing that we do, is we anticipate every possible question that they might get. And we also include what I term the nightmare questions, the questions that are the worst questions they could imagine getting. What people tend to do, of course, is avoid even thinking about those kinds of questions. So that's a big mistake because you always get them. You know, that's where the juice is. That's where the juicy stories come in. So we make sure that we cover all of that. But a lot of it is about not knowing where to look, not knowing, especially if they're at a, in a, doing a remote feed, Todd, and, and you and I both know that's when you're in some room somewhere in your local area and the interviewer is somewhere else in some city, right? And they're interviewing you and you're yeah. just looking, you just have a camera lens to look into. There's no visual feedback. And when you're looking into that camera lens, that lens is inanimate. It doesn't react back at you. It doesn't shake its head. doesn't help you along. It doesn't acknowledge you're doing great. It's just there. And so it's really hard to be physically animated and uh, come across as sincere and not look kind of deer in the headlights in that type of a situation. So those are the two things, being ready for any question that comes your way and ready with answers, being personable, being a talker, not just giving a one-word answer and, and then shutting down so that the interviewer has to do most of the work. You know, an interviewer will be very happy if you come in and you're prepared. You want you to do well. They want you to do well. And so those are the things that I think tend to go wrong with media interviews and some of the things that people can do to change that. Yeah, Ruth, it's funny. I interview a lot of people who also serve as contributors to, say, Fox News or CNN, and they always relish the longer form interviews with me because they actually have time to express some thoughts and, and expand and, and share nuance. Uh, when you're doing those media interviews, you do have a very compact window. Any guidance there? on how to help someone prepare to be sure that you get your message across succinctly, sharply in a limited time frame? You just said it, Todd, making sure you've got your three talking points and that's about all you have time for to make sure that you get them in. And one of the ways you can do that is to practice bridging and hooking techniques. So a bridge would be something like, well, you know, look, I don't know about that, but here's what I do know. And then loop to your main message or link to your main message, what you want to say. It's about controlling the interview to a large extent. And there are ways to do that that I teach that we actually go into great detail on. So being able to bridge to your own message, but being very prepared to do that, rehearsing with a somebody like me or somebody like you, Todd, right? To help that person uh, know what's coming their way. And again, to do all of those interviews and making sure that you're extremely prepared for it is really the only way to do it because you're right. Man, you've got two or three minutes. And you know, a lot of these journalists, they like to do a lot of the talking. So 
you know, the longer form format like we're doing here today is a gift. You're yeah. right. Absolutely. Yeah. So right. we're uh, we're knee deep into the 2016 presidential campaign. Any commentary on what you're seeing <laughs> so far from some of the candidates? Uh, I mean, I'm amazed at how some of them just don't seem to be prepared. I mean, how yeah. is that? I don't even know how it's even possible. I think it's that old story. I think it's what we were talking about earlier, Tom. Yeah, you know, yeah. about just they just don't think it's important. And you know, right now, what I see in this uh, early part of the campaign is it's very focused on policy. What are your policy prescriptions? Right. So we'll see as the field gets narrowed down, and certainly in the Republican field, that has to get narrowed down. We, well, that's we, going to be the big key to narrowing yeah. that field down. I mean, was it fifteen or so candidates the declared candidates? And now, in their the ability to communicate or not, is going to weed out a lot of that field. Let me ask you this question. Yeah, sure. A lot of criticism of politicians who sound scripted. They sound like they're reading off talking points. And I wonder if some of them try to be off the cuff to appear more human. How do you draw the line? I mean, in terms of being who you are and sounding natural versus reading a script that your consultant gave you. Great Great question. In fact, I was I saw yesterday there was a report that Hillary Clinton's campaign were training the local politicians on talking points. And I was thinking, oh my God, what a bad idea. Mm. You know, what a bad idea. But but in any event, that was my opinion. In terms of folks being able to be authentic, let's use the word the 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 A word, the the word authentic. There, we have a lot of different selves, Todd. People think like, how do I just be myself? It's like, well, look, there's yourself when you're with your family. There's yourself with uh, friends over a glass of wine or a drink. There's yourself when you're with your pet. And there's yourself when you're out on the campaign trail. And they are all different in many ways. You, the common thread is your ethics and your values. So don't think that just being yourself like you are around your family is adequate for being out there on the campaign trail. You've got to be prepared, obviously, with the points that you want to make that resonate with your voters. Look, what's going to resonate with voters varies. It varies. But I think people will agree, will like you, even if they don't agree with everything you say, if they think you're being truthful. Yeah, well, that's the key. That, that is, is the key. That is absolutely the key. Let's talk about some celebrities. Yeah, you work with a lot of them. You mentioned some Oscar winners. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, when I was thinking about this question, I recalled back to I saw Robert De Niro presenting at the Oscars, and he absolutely fumbled and stumbled, and you could tell he was trying to read the teleprompter and couldn't do it very well. And I was thinking, how is a guy like De Niro struggled at doing a simple Oscar presentation? <laughs> So it's clear to me that, I mean, they're all humans too, right? I mean, so you would assume that a, a successful actor would not need your services, but clearly they do, and, and there's help that you can give them. Talk about that a bit. They are great at learning a script and playing somebody, playing a role, but they are human just like we are, and they struggle, as you said, just like we do, just like the average person does when they have to present as themselves and one of the things that I say to them when I walk in the room after I'm done being starstruck is I say, <laughs> yeah, I say, you know, this is a performance. Just think of this as another type of performance. It's a performance of you being yourself, but being your best public self. And I would say that that's true for the politicians as well, but certainly for the celebrities that, you know, I get called in for one of three reasons, either the topic of the film or the show or the issue is controversial, or they have had some baggage in their past. They've done something that people like latch onto and, or they're young, they're new on the scene and they, they haven't been thrust into this uh, stardom before they're about to be thrust into it. They're about to become famous. 
you know, in each case, it's a different type of thing, but we really run the same program. It's about being their best self in these public situations and being able to stick to their main messages, just like we were talking about earlier, whether it's promoting the film or the TV show or being able to talk about it in a way that fits who they are and without having them look over their shoulder and, you know, double check themselves, making themselves feel uncomfortable. So it's about having them look and sound comfortable in these situations because they know that if they can look and sound comfortable, people are vetting them. I mean, other producers are looking at them, you know, thinking that they are, you know, will, would we like to use that individual in our next movie? So they're really, once they're in the public eye, it's, it's really up to them to keep themselves out there. But they're um, also selling their film, right? I mean, if you if they, totally if they do a media film. interview and they, they do a poor job at it, that, that negatively impacts the promotion of that film. And so, it I mean, totally it, does. It's very, but, that's right. They got to get the butts in the seats. That's their job. Their job is to sell tickets. And we make that very clear, too. Yeah. You yeah. characterize all these skills we talked about in this conversation as the, <laughs> the greatest marketing and personal branding tools <laughs> no one wants to use. Yeah. You know, this isn't just about being on stage or being on camera or doing a media interview. These skills apply to virtually every element in your life, from convincing your wife to the restaurant you want to go to and film you want to see to leading a meeting, leading a team, doing a product demo, a sales call. I mean, these, these skills, commanding a room and, and your, how you look, sound, and move, they impact virtually everything you do in business, yes? Yes, and when I say that they're the greatest marketing and personal branding tools no one wants to use, it's because I've seen it all, Todd. And I will tell you that most people won't do it. They won't put in the work. And therefore, if you do, you have a default competitive advantage. And so I would say to the listeners here today that go for it, you know, go for it, get the help you need. You don't have to pay a, a big coach like me, although I'd love to talk to you. You can simply go to Toastmasters, learn the basic skills and get out there and practice and do it because it will help you. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Ruth, I hate to say it. We are about out of time. Before I let you go, how can people contact you? Should they have questions? And most importantly, where can they go and get their hands on a copy of Speakrets? Well, let's talk about Speakrets first. You can certainly get Speakrets online at Amazon. There's a Kindle version and there's the hard copy, of course, or Barnes & Noble. So please go there and, and let me know what you think of it. Love to know that. And you can let me know by going to ruthsherman.com, my brand new website, which has just been upgraded and updated. We're very happy with it. Let me know what you're doing and love to hear from you. Ruth Sherman, the founder and CEO of Ruth Sherman Associates and the author of Speakrets, the 30 best, most effective, most overlooked marketing and personal branding essentials. Ruth, it was a real pleasure to have you. Thanks for stopping by and joining. Thank you, Todd. It was my pleasure as well. All right. Well, that wraps this conversation. Again, on behalf of my guest, Ruth Sherman, I am Todd Schnick. We'll see you soon on Intrepid Business. Intrepid Business.